welcome to the Hobby Hustle podcast. I'm Gemma. And I'm Candice. This is the podcast for creatives run by two fellow business owners who discuss the ups and downs of creative entrepreneurship. From dealing with imposter syndrome to celebrating new business milestones, we're here to talk about all of them with you. Hi, welcome back to the Hobby Tussle podcast. I am here with Candice, Nikki and Laura, um, who are our guest speakers today. They are from the Thrive Business Academy and they are here today to talk all about email marketing, which I am really excited to get into because <laughs> I have learned since launching my small business, the power of email. Um, I think a lot of people under estimate the power of email <laughs> and I'm sure Nikki and Laura today will be talking about all the benefits of email so I don't have to keep going on about it. Um, so Nikki and Laura if you'd like to say hello and how you got started uh, with your business. Oh well hello and thank you for inviting us along here today. Well yeah so I have been a business mentor for some years and Laura was actually one of my clients. Um, we, was, we were trying to work out today how long ago that was um, but it was several years ago 2020. Mm. 20. And I think she joined one of my five day challenges, first of all, and then she signed up to my member membership as it was then. And then um, I, I kind of just work with people to find their special gifts and bring it out of them and make a fabulous business with it. And Laura, I saw straight away, I was going ding-a-ling-a-ling, she's a tech wizard. Um, and so I was like, what are you doing this for? You are incredible at what you're doing. And there, there she was, IT Moon uh, exploded, didn't it, Laura? And then we started working further together and we decided to join forces. Yes, and I never knew <laughs> email marketing or tech was my expertise until Nikki discovered mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she's got this awesome brain that just magically works things technology-wise that in front of your eyes and at the speed of light. And I think that probably we're quite similar, Gemma, that that doesn't mm. work for us. And maybe we make <laughs> more creative uh, behind the scenes. Mm. Um, and um, I think that's the case for most business owners. Yeah, um, I think this is going to be particularly interesting as well because um, for for people like myself and Candice, we're we're artists that run small businesses by ourselves. So even though we um, a lot of us aren't tech savvy, Candice is definitely more tech savvy. I can do some tech stuff as well because I've had to learn it, and I think a lot of artists have to learn some of this stuff. So that they can grow their businesses, um, even if at first it seems intimidating. Um, so I thought what we could do in this episode is talk more about the benefits of email marketing and then turn to Laura <laughs> um, to talk more about how to implement that in kind of an easy to understand way for artists that haven't had any experience with kind of email marketing before and how to go about that. So. Nikki, what would you say the benefits of email marketing are compared to social media marketing? Well, we already know the benefits because it's in the stats. And we recently did a podcast, Laura did, on the stats of the different conversions from social media marketing and email marketing. Now, she'll soon shout if I get this wrong, but I'm quite sure that mm. for, uh, marketing on social media, you're aiming for one to two percent conversion. If you're correct, if I you're... will add <laughs> one, two percent means 
you can have 50,000 followers on social media if you want, but it's pretty useless if only 1,000 people actually see your post, for instance. So that mm. 1% to 2% conversion is on the people who are actually seeing your post. If you've got an average view rate of 500 people per post on average, it's 1% to 2% of that, not 10,000 followers or how many followers you've got, because a lot of people get confused with that. Yeah, and then if you go to your email marketing as a comparison with your email marketing list, it's 5 to 10% of your email marketing. So you've got a 1% to 2% conversion of the engaged users on social media or 5 to 10% um, on your email marketing. So already you're dramatically bigger, um, you're statistically on email marketing. And then again, like we did for our, our new membership, the Email Marketing Made Easy, we did a wait list. And I think it was a 20 something percent conversion. So it's a much higher conversion for um, your wait list because you've already got those people keen. So also it's a wonderful way to nurture your audience um, and keep them in one place rather than, you, you know, relying on the algorithms to get you lost and completely confused, which most social media platforms do. Yeah. So those are some great points because in terms of, the social media algorithms, I think, um, especially among artists, they're very frustrated at how Instagram have introduced reels. And then suddenly the years they've spent learning about creating perfect pictures and how to create a strategy, like that's out the window. Whereas email marketing, I'm sure occasionally strategies change, but I imagine it's so much more consistent in terms of strategy. Yeah, and, and basically the way that Laura has taught email marketing is that basically you add your personality into it. Whereas before, many years ago, it used to be the really dull newsletter or let's send a newsletter. Now it's transformed. Newsletter is really not the buzzword in Laura's world. She absolutely loathes that. So it's really about bringing your personality and people buy from you. This is a thing. So the creators that you're serving at the minute and your audience, they, they will be that it's they're, they're being invested into it's not anything else so you the more you can get your personality into your email marketing the better for sure and again as you said with instagram just like that overnight they changed it and that changed the whole world of the you know creators industry doesn't it really yeah it it does make it challenging and I, <laughs> even those that have tried their best to adjust it's definitely not been a smooth transition for a lot of people or some people have just not made the transition and have had a hard time so i guess in terms of making it personal then what would be some very basic top tips to start adding personality laura i feel like she is looking at me for this one um so 100 percent, I, I call it my three-part strategy but one of the main things i tell people to do is to create what I call a welcome series of emails, which is three to four emails, which tell people about you, what you're doing, why are you different to other people? So like if you are an artist, what is different to your art to others? And especially for artists, it'd be about what inspired you to get into being that into this industry, what actually inspired you? Because people love the story behind the art a lot of the time, don't they? And you can actually get that within your welcome series. But it often gets confused with lead magnet email series. So there's a lot of coaches out there who will say a welcome series is a lead magnet series, but they are totally different because a welcome series doesn't sell. It doesn't talk about one specific product or one specific 
uh, or anything. It's a generalized email that goes to everyone as an introduction to your world. So it always goes to the person when they first join your email list. They only get it once and they only get it that time and it really gets across your personality in it. Okay, so that's helpful to know because I didn't know that they were two separate things. Um, but for those that don't understand any jargon, um, so there's when people sign up to your mailing list, you're saying they would get a welcome series that is no sales, just telling them who you are. Yes, and then I get people that. who sign people who sign up for a freebie, which is quite often known as a lead magnet. That's when you would sell something. Yes, or would that that's be general when you as want well? to aim, bit aim of both. So you do some selling, but also, you know, getting them to know you and they'd get both. So for instance, let's just say an artist has got something out there where someone can get a free download of one of their, some art that they've got. Someone would get request back through a form. They're going to get sent the lead magnet emails, which is here's the freebie. And then they're going to get several different emails over the course of a week or a month. But at the same time, that usually the first email comes 30 minutes after they get their three-bit email. So if it's the first time they've entered this person's world, first time they're on their email list, they will then get the first welcome email, which is, you know, hi, this is me, this is what I'm about, this is what I do, this is what you can expect from me. You know, every week or every month, I'm going to be keeping you in touch with what I'm up to in the world and letting you know what's happening and just telling them what to expect from being on your email list. The mailing list is one thing right so you may have segmented your mailing list so basically yes. split up your mailing list so people might not be aware but my business is calligraphy gems but i have two segments so i have a learn calligraphy segment and a creative business owner segment so i send out two emails a week and then the content is different for people depending on where they signed up um, so segmentation is something to keep in mind, but I got a bit off topic there. I think the question I was going to ask, where would you push people? Would you push people to a freebie or would you push people to your general mailing list in terms of a sign up? Well, I'm just going to go first because we should all start with the lead magnet. Um, that's where we should, uh, people won't just put their email address across for nothing. So as we said, we're not going to sign up just for a, a newsletter, which we're not going to. People have got so savvy about giving their personal details out that it has to be something high value in return for giving the email. OK, so it's we always start with a lead magnet. If you're early in your business or you're growing your audience, we need to offer something free. And it has to be a one problem, one solution lead magnet, um, not convoluted, getting them from A to B not A to Z, and that's how you draw people in. So you're you're sharing that on your social media platforms, you're bringing them in, but where a lot of people fall down is they leave it there. They then don't nurture their, their email list. And this is what we're trying to get people to do is to understand once you've moved people in, that's when you really nurture them because obviously we've got a higher conversion rate. So without a doubt, social media lead magnet. Wait, I'm a yeah. little bit confused. Sorry. Okay. So out of uh, between, I haven't said anything because everything is just new to me because Gemma has been like, Kenneth, you need to work on your mailing list. And I, I'm the type <laughs> of person where I, I typically avoid joining anyone's email listing because I get spammed a lot. And so even on my email, 
listing. By the way, I only have an email listing because Gemma forced me to. Like she's like, share your screen right now, go to your Squarespace and create that set. I'm like, I really don't want to. So I I have it. I do have it, but I'm so hands off with it. So for example, my Facebook group, one of the questions to join my Facebook group, because I run a stationary business of my two own characters. In one of the Facebook questions, the last one, because there's only three, it says, if you want to join my mailing list, you can. I don't send out emails often, but if I do send out an email, it's something big. And I would say 80% of the time, they do sign up. And I'm really sorry if there's anyone in my uh, email listing right now that are that hears this, but <laughs> I'm very confused as to why they signed up for it. Like, I, I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. but no, because I, I like you, Gemma, you already know me. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm not a believer of email listing. It's because I just don't know it. It's so unfamiliar mm. to me that and because I'm kind of like in that phase of, well, I get bombarded by all these emails that I, one, don't recall signing up for or two, is spamming me after I was interested in it. Um, so that's why I've never been like super keen on email listening but Gemma was talking to me about this like freebie thing and I was like oh this is like another thing that I have to add onto my like to-do list which is right now after listening to you guys <laughs> when people sign up for my email listing I genuinely don't know what gets sent out if anything gets sent out but sorry to interject Candice this is probably a great example of where that email series is helpful so that if something is going like it probably would take you maybe an afternoon to set up but then it can go on for a while so it could be like the first email was sent the day after they sign up and then the next email was sent a week after they've signed up and then it could even be monthly like you could spread it out for a long time I might be giving the wrong advice but I think it it's a, a pain initially to set up but once you get familiar with the tech like I love creating lead magnets now <laughs> I, <laughs> and I was so proud of myself when I set up my first email series so people sign up for my lead magnet and then I set up the email series but make sure you don't do what I do and send an ad to the wrong lead magnet that doesn't have the email series you just need to double check with tech that it's all set up sorry Candace, I went off on a tangent there but, um, <laughs> with your Facebook group, I don't know how many people you've got joining every day, but you're, you're like missing a bit of an opportunity right there because you could be offering a really high value uh, free lead magnet and driving traffic. So if you've got an assistant working for you, they could put that email address into your system. So but she yeah. does. I just she's she's like, what do you? <laughs> What, but you don't but there's nothing that goes on with that list once you've got them in yeah, there she, and she's always like what do you want to do with it i'm like i don't know let's just leave it alone for now but because she, she's my assistant she doesn't she doesn't say anything against it and is really funny because recently just a few days ago just last week it was kit and dino's birthday kit and dino are the characters i created and i wanted to host a giveaway and so I was like, okay, let's host a giveaway on Instagram. Let's do that generic thing of like, like, comment, follow, blah, blah, blah. And I just told her, by the way, people who are already in my Facebook group are already in. And she's like, okay, how about an entry for your email listing? And I'm like, my what? 
And then she's like, your email listing, like if they sign up for your email listing, it could be another entry, like, you know, that you could add on and to promote your email listing, although you don't post anything in there. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I, that's, that's how hands off I am with my email listing. And Gemma over here is laughing because she's like, Candice, please use it because it is effective. I just don't know how it can be effective. I but- can honestly see so much potential in yours because you have characters and this is where you can really really shine like these emails that have to come from you these emails can come from your characters and then that might make it even easier to market oh my god yeah that suddenly got you interested because you're a creative (laughs) (laughs) my characters could be talking to my audience this is so amazing laura's amazing with this sort of stuff so yeah you are missing a trick yeah, see, every time I talk to someone about my email listing, I learn something new. And then they always tell me, like, I have such potential. And I'm like, how? I don't get it. But yeah, that, that, thank you, Laura. I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna use it's that. Amazing, I do know a lot it doesn't of actually that. take a lot of work. So once you set it up, like Gemma was saying, it is so much easier. So I was going through a client's stats not long ago. He literally doesn't look at his emails. He doesn't even send the weekly emails that he sends because my team does it for him. He hasn't even set the automations up, you know, so he can feel free to outsource it. But even though now it's set up, all he does is sends one weekly email out and that's generating him every single month between four to five grand every single month without him doing anything. It just all works automatically in the background because it's already set up. The emails are there. People just go onto a website, they're down... He has two lead magnets. He's got one where they get 10% off a first order. And then there's got another one, which is like an actual ebook guide. He has them too. And every single month, they generate between 3,000 to 5,000 in income between them on them two, just two automations. So correct me if I'm wrong, but okay, this is going to sound really dumb. I actually pay for, (laughs) so the website that I use is Squarespace, which I'm sure everyone here listening has heard and i do use squarespace's email campaigns which is really easy i think if i actually sat there and i tried learning it i could but my assistant does everything so i i I don't (laughs) i'm just thinking because every time i look at my squarespace i do see people sign up for my mailing list and it says they're all organic and so now i'm a little so would you say that that's technically because i pay for it and i don't use it it's terrible i should i really should use it so Email listing is kind of like running an ad then. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I turned all I just saw all three of you turn your heads. <laughs> like, hmm. I think it's more about it's a good question. communicating with your audience. That's the, it's it's oh, a more okay. intimate conversation, is what I would say, with your audience. Because they- ad, it's a way for you to own the data. So like if your mm. social media went down today. I've heard so many stories of big gurus with millions and millions of followers and suddenly they've lost access to their Facebook pages, their Instagram pages, and they can no longer talk to their followers because they're sat there waiting for the non-useful help of, you know, the support teams in the social media world. If you've actually got them on your email list, anything went down, you can just still continue to market and communicate with your followers because it's not just about creating money out of your email list although it's very powerful at doing that it's just about keeping in touch with your audience because 
people actually like to talk to us business owners and we do actually have supporters and followers as much as we really don't want to believe it but people are actually interested in what we're doing and what our we're up to in our lives when i started laura's email marketing system a few years ago I was at the point where I just ticked it off the list. I wrote an email because it was something I had to do. And then I took the um, uh, an email marketing course with Laura and she showed me how to do it properly. And I suddenly had one person off my list pay me £5,000 to working with me. I hadn't spoken to them before. I, I didn't even have to have a call with them. They just paid me £5,000. And I was like, oh, so this is how it works. And then she said... Why don't you add call to actions like, you know, ask them about their day, ask them. And then I was like, oh, well, people actually respond and chat to you on email marketing. And then suddenly it was like a whole new world. I was like, this is the way to talk to people. It was a, it was a next level in communication. DMs is one thing, taking it into emails. People love to share um, they'd love to share their information, their story, et cetera. And it's a really good way of getting a little bit further, a little bit deeper with their um, with email marketing for sure. Because <laughs> um, I find that interesting because actually, you know, I said I had the two segments, one for people who want to learn calligraphy, one for small business owners. I find it much easier to write personal stories for small business owners because that's kind of my life right now. And so for that, those emails I tend to write more personal stories so for example um my last newsletter the subject was I'm an idiot <laughs> quite phrase because I realized I'd made a really stupid mistake and I'd spent six months creating a course and it was accidentally advertising as closed for like the last three months and I thought I can't believe I've done this this is a nightmare this is so annoying but I thought actually it would be kind of funny to share with my audience because they could probably relate and you know I just said like that call to action you know please just just check your links today like just do that and I had like people respond and yeah the more personal you are the more engaged people are definitely whereas with my calligraphy one I still occasionally have people respond to me but it's not as as much and I think that's it. It makes you more real, more human. When you say, actually, I fess up. I've made a mistake. People love that. It's like a really good way of connecting. <laughs> like, oh, my God, she's not so perfect, you know. And it's true because, like, I think on social media, we all have this, like, presence. Well, we, I don't. But most people have this presence. And so look at me. I'm this and I'm wonderful. But actually, when they realize that you do make mistakes and it's 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 great to admit it and have a laugh about it and say, but I'm still continuing. I'm still carrying on. So that is a really good point. So I do get Candace's point that your inbox is like a sacred space and there's only room for so many people in it. And I've gotten annoyed with people that I've joined up for a lead magnet and then they've spammed me with like 10 emails in the space of five days. <laughs> like I just wouldn't want to work with them personally when it was that many emails. But on the other hand, there's been people that I like reading their emails, even though I'm no longer interested in what they sell because they talk like about their personal lives as a business owner. And I find that really interesting. And That's then one of the best if, ways to write email, just write it if you're talking to a friend. Literally yeah. Pretend you're talking to a friend. Mm. And say if I was interested in that type of service again later down the line, they're still in my inbox. Like they've been in my inbox for a couple of years now. So it's a great way to get in front of people that, 
a lot of people haven't considered. I think you've always a... got to remember, don't you, as well, that just because you don't like email doesn't mean your ideal client doesn't like the email as well. I often think of when I buy from people, I generally actually don't buy off social media posts unless it's a Facebook ad. Facebook ads get me all the time. But otherwise, I'd buy from the people in my inbox, to be quite honest. I don't actually buy from social media as much. Um, I see social media as a way for you to generate emails. So you get pe- social media to get people on your email list. And then the email list is what does the selling. I think I- that's a big... Oh, sorry, go on. Was that Candice? Yeah, that was me. I just had yeah. a quick question. So because I feel like I'm absorbing so much information right now and... I already knew I wasn't going to be talking as much because I just know nothing about email listings. Um, but we talked about conversion and we're talking about stories and now we're talking about being personal. This sounds a lot like Patreon because as an artist of like um, actual visual art, not like musical art. Well, there are Patreons of many kinds, but it sounds like Patreon, which I have always thought about setting up. I know that the conversion rate is super low. Okay. It's super low, but if you have a high following, then I think what Laura said earlier. Okay, not gonna lie, I forgot a little bit about it, but then regarding fall like, <laughs> Um it said something she said something Laura, I'm so it's sorry. About how many people are following you. It's about how many people actually watch it, you know, actually read the post, mm. the amount average views per post kind of thing. Right. Okay. Mm. So Patreon what they said was if you have a high following there's only so many people that will like actually look at your stuff and participate in your stuff and so i use this patreon calculator and they're saying of your following only a certain percentage will see that you have patreon av- uh, available and only a certain percentage of it will actually action on it and so and that's going to be like a monthly basis thing and that could generate you some income but I didn't like Patreon because it seemed so, because people are paying in advance, it really locks me in on like, I really need to commit to this. And I have brand ambassadors mm. that I still, to this day, I've been using them as like, not guinea pigs, but I, I've been using them as I'm going to try to get myself to send the stuff out like on the T the first of every month to ensure that I can practice for Patreon. Turns out I really can't do it. But it sounds to me like this email marketing could be a way for me to be personal as well as try to attract more sales and more people to understand who I am and what my art is without having to go through that Patreon route. Am I correct on that? Mm. I've gone into like nodding dog, haven't I? Yeah, (laughs) correct. And it's there's something we do, I tell people to do on email marketing is, you know, these personal emails are sending out every week which are non-salesy, but no sales in these weekly emails whatsoever. So that first client I talked about earlier who makes all this money from his automations, every time we send a weekly email, I can guarantee every single month is going to make about £2,000 in sales from the weekly emails. The weekly emails have zero sales in them. There is not one mention of a sale. It's not, you know, no words on that say, oh, could you also buy this please as well? All there is is his email header that he has links to his shop. And at the bottom, we usually have two or three links, which if people want to go off and buy something, they can click them links and go off and buy something. So like how I see it could work really well, because I know a lot of artists as well, um, you've probably heard of it, Kofi. A lot of people use Kofi, don't they? My yes. Sisters. My sister's um, 
into all this. So she uses Co very well. So like I imagine like someone like her would at the bottom of her email, she'd be sending these emails out personal about her life because people want to know. It always fab- fabricates me. And then she could still get donations through Kofi by just at the bottom saying, did you like the email? Free, free to donate to me if you want. And she could have a quick link at it at the bottom. She's mm-hmm. not actually making that the purpose of email because the link's at the bottom. Some people may go on and click on it and off they go to donate or buy or whatever them links are going to be. And you have mm. less people leaving as well. So you get unsubscribes from the people that don't want to be spammed all the time. Okay. But if you're talking about your offering value, you're, you're offering what your audience is interested in, they will want to be still in your world. They will not want to hit unsubscribe. So with this guy who's the diver, I believe, um, you know, he he literally, this I, I it absolutely amazed me. There's literally nothing selling it at all. And even the links at the bottom it's a it's it's not even a proper sell is it it's just quick links to places they can go to because they're interested to find out more because of what you've written in your content so i can see how it really would work with your characters and you know it could be part of your strategy um it could be very exciting Gemma was right <laughs> i'm excited for it i'm, I'm always right for these weekly emails myself <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to sign up myself for these weekly emails but it's different it's because a lot of people you know like 2018 before GDPR came out we're all used to getting that spam in the inbox lots and lots of emails sales 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 and it was driving people insane and we're trying to teach people to email marketing in a total different way a non-salesy way which is simple as you get people to join up for a freebie they join up yes that freebie is going to have some sale point on it you know there's going to be an upsell to it but after that they're just going to get weekly emails from you of you being you, you actually just being happy and sharing your life, sharing your stories, sharing some advice and some tips about whatever your industry is. It works at any industry as well. And then when you do want to sell something, because you've been so good and so nice, you've probably generated sales anyway from these emails. But when you do launch something new or you want to put a sale on or a special offer on, your readers are actually like, I don't mind reading this email, this sales email, because they're used to opening your emails so much. And it just, it's a new way of email marketing. So I hate the sales way, absolutely hate it. And we're trying to get people out of it and actually do it in a way where you're connecting with your audience, nurturing them and making it so people want to buy from you. People want to open your emails. They want to know more. And they get upset if you don't send them a weekly email because they're like, where's this email? <laughs> and the other it. side of that is most of us don't like selling we feel a little bit icky we feel it's a bit like yucky don't we so if we're just offering insane value we're just offering our beautiful personalities if we're just giving them all of this great high vibe stuff then it feels great doesn't it it feels like you're connecting with the right people and it makes such a difference it really does so i i highly recommend that way because it becomes sleazy and that's it. And we all have it. We have all of those, as you said, 10 emails in five days. We all have it. And then we have a job to try and get rid of them because there's something you haven't ticked to try and unsubscribe from them. Our time is precious and we need to ensure that our time as business owners is spent well and also our audience's time. In in terms of saving time as the creator as well, I highly recommend um, batching your emails. So I found a big difference in quality of my emails when I've sat down and scheduled them for the month ahead compared to sitting down weekly and trying to scramble to get something out 
because when you plan ahead not only do you save time because you're kind of in the zone and do it all in one go but you can plan things out more strategically so for example I launched a Christmas course and rather than you know just doing one email on the Christmas course I've kind of sprinkled stuff in like on the lead up so like oh I'm starting to create this and you know I could think more strategically about letting them in on this secret that something's coming up and lead up to something rather than just here's a sale (laughs) sign up now and I think it's been more effective to kind of sprinkle it in we've literally just done that this uh today and uh, a couple of days ago I wrote four emails I think you wrote three and now we've we've smashed out November so we know what we're doing and yeah it's always thinking about whenever your product launch or your service launch is happening and then working back it makes it so much easier to batch create everything that you're doing really and it makes it it frees time to do what you want to do which is create I think something else that I found helpful that I need to I still need to do more of is repurposing some of my content as well so I've created something like 50 blog posts in the last year and a half like I've done really well in creating blog posts but not so great at like carrying the content from those blog posts and putting them in my emails I'm so proud of those blog posts like they're full of helpful tips I need to put that into my emails and I think a lot of artists they spend time creating social media posts like here's a top tip on how to do this art or here's a top tip for business owners, but they don't repurpose it. And I think we all need to be better at that to save our time and our sanity somewhat because it's exhausting to have to try to create content for five different things compared to just reusing it across platforms. We do that with our podcast, don't we? So we we have video, we have podcasts and we turn it into audios. We turn it into snips, don't we, for Pinterest, for YouTube. And then it's it's, uh, published as a blog post, et cetera, et cetera. So absolutely. If you could start with one blog and then put that into five social media posts or five emails, it's so easy, so easy. Um, We think it's more complicated than it is, but it's all about having a system to do it, isn't it? Yeah, and the system thing is the bit I need work on because I love creating but I'm not so good at the the systems the one thing I wanted to mention was because Gemma was also considering getting a VA and I have a VA and she is really good at posting my content on a consistent basis and she's actually the one running my social media like all of it Facebook group my Instagram email listings she's the one doing that so props to her for that and she just she messages me she's sorry this is the third time she's messaged me because i've not i'm gonna say failed to deliver my part which is creating the content so what i do is i usually try to film as many reels as possible in one day sorry not usually i literally just started it because i realized it's unrealistic of me to try to film one reel a day i'll just film like 10 today and then be done with it But um, because I create art as well, I wanted to have some art posts too. I forgot that I have a YouTube video and stuff that I have done already. And so literally last night, she said something about repurposing my videos. She said, hey, I noticed that you don't have any new content. Let me just repurpose your videos. And I'm like, I keep forgetting that she can do that. Like, I keep forgetting that it's actually a good thing to repurpose yourself. There was one time where I just, I feel bad. I just forgot to com- communicate with her that I didn't have anything. And then I just kind of like left her in the dark. And then one day 
I just saw on my Facebook group a post of my old YouTube video going like throwback to the blah 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 and I'm like oh yeah I have that <laughs> so I forget that we need to do things like that and email listing Gemma you I noticed you're doing that because I see it in the emails that you send out and I'm like this is an old post but I don't recall ever seeing it so it's really good that you're doing that and it's good that people should do it yeah you can I even repurpose the emails you've sent out so my one of my staff members were well not long ago and he was behind then trying to get all these emails written for clients and he goes i think i'm just gonna have to repurpose old ones and he did he repurposed some old emails from like a year ago and actually one went out yesterday and when i checked this morning that email had made 600 pound in sales even though it's reset it's that's just an email he just resent from last year um, but it's still recreate recreate sales and people <laughs> forgot about it yeah i think realistically people won't remember the exact content of an email and if it's someone they're a fan of they enjoy hearing about that content and so for example i've been doing calligraphy for years i hear so much about the basics of calligraphy like the actual technical basics of calligraphy over and over but i'm still part of these mailing lists because i like the other stuff that they sprinkle in as well um, but I'm not gonna, you know, unsubscribe because I've heard some things before. Because I like the subject. <laughs> we talk about the content, don't we, quite a bit with email marketing, social, social media as well. You don't have to make long emails every time. So short emails are just as good as long emails, but you always say, don't you, Laura, to intermingle them both so there's some like quick wins in there and then sometimes yeah if it's really worthy of that like write a long post but you don't have to um so again don't feel like just because it's an email marketing it's just one email as long as it's like a really good tip or the top three tips or something you're going to share as long as it's important to that audience it doesn't have to be a long one what content would you maybe recommend to product-based business owners that have whose audience want to buy specific products and maybe don't necessarily care so much about behind the scenes? Because I imagine some people are more there to shop for specific items and hear about someone's life. Because I know you said pers personality is great, but I imagine there's some businesses where they want to hear more about the products themselves than the business owner. So what are your thoughts on that? So the... For diving clients, I'm actually a real good example for this, isn't it? Um, if he sells prescription dive masks, it's a product. Mm. You know, that's it, one product, prescription dive masks. And you would think this would be very hard to market on email. You know, mm. how much can you talk about a diving mask? So we don't talk about the diving mask often. We actually talk about diving, just the actual general bit of diving, you know. Um, the email mm. that generated £600 in sales yesterday was just about a local diving site that people may want to go check out. wasn't about the diving mask, but it was just about that. So everything you're doing will has got an industry. So if you create planners, there is a whole a audience of people addicted to planners. So just share mm. things about planning, but also other things that might not be directly related to it, but are related to it in some way, some shape or form. Mm. And you'll be surprised how many people do actually like to know the behind the scenes of how something's mm. created. Like, how do you actually make it and package your things? How do you actually source 
you know, who's going to be your suppliers and how would you actually manage your orders? People want to know this kind of stuff, not because they want to mm. steal your ideas or anything. People are just curious how things are created and how they're made in the background. Um, Nick is far more creative than me, though, so may have more ideas. No, no, you, you've literally summed it up. It's absolutely fantastic. And it, I think it is. Just because we have products to sell doesn't mean we have to just talk about those products all of the time. Mm. We talk about, as I call them, content buckets around those subjects, around that niche or something that's newsworthy. There are so many different ideas that you can come forth without going particularly about a product or talking about yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't know about the, the diver in particular, but I'm not too sure how much he talks about himself, but I'm sure it's mostly about di- diving information. Um, yeah, so which, because he which makes sense, yeah. we write the emails, it's all about diving because we don't know much about him. So it's all mm. about diving the emails. <laughs> um, but it works, especially if you've got, honestly, you've got such a great thing with these two characters that you've got, uh, like Dino and Kit, like, they could just be like the number one email marketing mascots of the world. Um, and <laughs> just, because you've got them, you could get away with talking about anything. You know, Dino and Kit have gone down to the beach today and, you know, take a photo of them with the planner at the beach. You know, not them, but the stickers <sighs> or anything like that. Or and it's your like, little plushies that you just got. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and they literally teddies. could be so popular. It's amazing how popular they could become just from email marketing itself. That is true. I Because... I've always thought about how Ken and Dino were a lot like me because I I made them to kind of represent my life. But over the couple of years that they've been alive, I guess, um, they don't really have much of a background story, whereas there are many characters out there that have uh, a lore, as what people like to say. Mm. Oh, like some games that I played, I even if I'm playing that game, one of them being Valorant, I am that type of person who will look at lore of that character. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, I want to know all their background information. I want to know stories about them. If there's a cinematic of it that's created, if there's a blog post about their interactions with the world, I want to know about it. As long as someone's created content, conspiracy theories about it, I want to know about it. And Mm -hmm. I've always been like, oh, maybe I should make a book for kittens, you know, and uh, and like sell it at elementary school. I'm like, that is a lot of work. I don't want to start with just making a book. But now that you guys are telling me- Maybe like a comic. Yeah, like I can do comics. And and so I've always thought, oh, if I do a comic, I have to do an illustration of it. But now I feel like I don't have to do that. I can just probably do it through my email listing. And like, I can have like Kit with an icon and Dina with an icon, but I don't have Mm -hmm. to actually make at those- panel comic which mm. by the way comic artists out there you guys are like talented because that stuff's really <laughs> hard to do but yeah it's really good to know that i so we t- you could even make your audience write the emails for you technically because you could say like at the bottom um why not submit a picture of your kit and dino out wherever you are and they might submit mm. pictures to you by email or through a form where they might be using your plushies you've got or your actual stickers and your planners in different areas and then next week's email will be one of them photos or do you know where Kit and Dino went last week? I went down here. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I could. We talked a lot about um, what we can put into the email and what why emails are really good but I want to know a little bit more about because for myself obviously I'm growing my email listing unintentionally 
that sounds so bad but um uh no but no my assistant does anytime facebook the group grows because i only have like 43 people because of what you guys said which by the way if anyone listening out there what laura and nikki and Gemma have said when one system is down you're screwed that happened to me that exact thing happened to me my facebook group i lost all access of it i don't know how Mm. i had the hardest time trying to get those people into my new Facebook group, but because I don't have them on my email listing or I don't know if they're on my Instagram, I couldn't move them over. And I had to do that really awkward thing, which I swear I'm not going to do ever again, was personally message them going like, hey, (laughs) my Facebook group is gone. So now that I have someone helping me move things over, like the admin stuff is done, the tech stuff is done. How can someone who's interested in growing an email listing, how, what are the, what are the go-to methods that you guys would go for to grow an email listing? Is this you, Nikki? Well, it's, it's both of us really, because it all starts with growing your audience and then bringing your audience in to your email list. And that is done by your lead magnet. And that could be so many different options. That can be audios, videos, that could be downloadables. It can be swipe files. It can be a quiz. It could be a giveaway. Mm. It can be a challenge, a masterclass workshop. There are so many different lead magnets that you can use to entice people in. But the biggest thing is to offer your expertise and get you across in that lead magnet and make it really simple for them to sign up. If they have to go around the houses and find a link and then like, you know, and then they have to wait and then have to chase for the PDF, et cetera, you have to make sure the automation is really smooth process. Um, Laura? I would also say you can't, I hate the word newsletter, hate the word newsletter, but people, (laughs) that's what people associate things with. You know, these weekly emails, you've got to have a weekly email. There's no point you creating a list, collecting emails and doing nothing with it. No point, you know, there's no point. I'm going to say it, you know, there's no point in doing it because the worst thing is, is you're making it harder to email marketing in the future because it damages your email reputation, basically, which makes it more likely you're going to go in the spam box, which we don't want to do. So you want to start emailing weekly because the reason why it obviously increases your chances then of emails getting opened and reduces your chances of going in the spam. But then obviously you need to keep increasing the audience. And actually just by writing weekly emails, not newsletters, I see newsletters, you know, them type of emails you get where they've got like loads of columns and loads of blocks. And, Mm. you know, there's about 500 different things on that one email. So there's like a column about this, a block about this, and another column about this. Don't like them. They're awful. You just want it written like an actual email, you know. Hi, <laughs> and it's me like bit of uh, blog. Bit of blog. <laughs> and you I'm I'm sorry. And I thought, oh my goodness, I think we no. might have done a piece of that. You, 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 you don't do them. Honestly, you will get better results by not spending all that time making that email look so amazing than just mm. actually typing an email out and that's it. Nothing mm. fancy about it. You can have an image in, you know. I love a good mm. gif in there. And it increases like um, pen pen pals, isn't it? Where you just yeah, it's just a simple Mm. message. Take out the complicated bit, just send the message. And then people actually then talk about emails more, and they help you grow your email list. Then because they'll talk on social media about your actual, you know, what it is. And then 
other ways you can do it is through email, you know, email marketing podcasts like this, you know, mm-hmm. on a podcast, make it so that people can sign up for podcast updates so they can get told when there's a new episode out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lead magnet in itself, you know, discount codes, offer discount codes that gets people onto your email list mm-hmm. as well. Um, having the sign up box, but not calling it a newsletter. So like it could be sign up for the, to find out about the adventures of Kit and Dino you know, not sign up to my email mailing list. Not many people are going to sign up to sign up for my email list, but lots of people <laughs> are going to sign up for sign up for my kit and dino um, adventures as they adventure through the world together and see what they're up to. You know, more people are going to sign up for that than anything else. And mm-hmm. it's actually remembering to promote it. So many people will create freebies. They'll start creating weekly emails. And then they'll come to me on Nikki and they'll go, email marketing's not worked for me. You know, 10 people signed up. Okay, when did you last talk about it? Well, when I first did it. Have you talked about it since? No, but it's the best kept secret. Um, and it's about not keeping it a secret. Because we're terrible at it's it. It's a really it's a common thing that comes up every week in our membership near enough, doesn't it? It's like, oh, well, I've done all this. I put all the effort. I'm going to do another lead magnet because the other one didn't work. Why didn't it work? We start looking at it. You just have, you've just got to keep on telling your new audience, connecting with new people, just reiterating that same message, really. And it's it's often it's not about is a really bad lead magnet. It's just you're not you're not advertising it. You're not letting people know. Um, and also, if there's somebody comes in one lead magnet, they haven't had the opportunity for the other lead magnet. So on that email sequence, you can let them know about the other one as well. So it's about giving back mm. to your the email list as well you know i think that's that's the other thing it's it's nurturing and making sure that relationship remember that's the you're you're moving from a one to two percent conversion to a five to ten percent conversion on your email list it's much much better to spend the time on that um Mm. than boring it i would add as well size is not important that much on email list i would rather have a list of 100 people where 50% of them are actually opening my emails every week, then have a thousand people where 5% of them are opening because it's just, why am I doing that? For one, it's costing me a lot more money because email marketing systems cost money. So why are you paying for someone who's not going to open your emails and just actually make sure it is a list of people, you know, who you want to talk to and they want to listen to you and get rid of the inactive. We don't want them on this list. Mm -hmm. I always tell people celebrate and unsubscribe, throw a party because it's one less person who wasn't going to buy from you on the actual list. So I have to say, because I wanted to bring this up at one point, I used to take it really personally when I seen that someone unsubscribed I thought oh they must not like me (laughs) why like why did I think that it's not that personal I especially because especially because often like the software it it tells me who it was and I'm like no they've been part of my email list for like a year because my email list isn't massive so I would recognize the name and then you question yourself and you're like what was it in that email what what did yeah. I put in it? Is it because I said this word? Did they not like that? Did I do something wrong? It's it generally like it used to make me spiral a little bit, and I still feel a bit like oh when I see like a name I recognise and subscribe. But I know that it's not personal. I've unsubscribed from people that I really like and really admire, but I just want to clear some room in my inbox, and I follow them on other platforms. But also, I kind of balance out. I think well, I got one unsubscribe. But how many clicks through to my website have I got? How many sales have I made? And for me, even if I get, you know, 
a click a single click and a single unsubscribe like okay it's balanced i know obviously you'd want more than one click from an email but you know it's it's understanding that as long as you're getting people through to your website <laughs> then don't take those unsubscribes personally everybody's yeah. different aren't they so like mm-hmm. i even have clients unsubscribe from my weekly emails and their clients mm-hmm. currently working with them and it's mm-hmm. not stopped them working with me it's just they're not bothered about emails like mm-hmm. you were saying what well, you can do so you're not bothered about emails you don't read your emails you're not really bothered about it and it's not some people prefer social media and that's why mm-hmm. if you're doing social media and email marketing you've got the best of both worlds because your audience can follow you and listen to you in their preferred way which could be both it could just be one of them mm-hmm. there's actually a surprising amount of people when i first started this business i was surprised by the amount of people that told me oh i don't use facebook so i would love to join your group it's just i don't think I'm going to open up a Facebook just for a Facebook group. Is there another thing that you do? I'm like, sorry, not really at the moment, other than my Instagram and Facebook, I don't use anything else or or my Etsy. And I just never thought that the power of like directing someone to their preferred or even your preferred way is so strong through social media. For example, um, if someone doesn't use Facebook, I don't have anywhere else to direct them anymore because well i mean at the time being because i don't have my email listings some something that popped up to me was i've had i still have right now a massive issue with etsy which i just wanted to stop directing my customers to them although it's not a lot from my instagram i feel like there has to be something so i just removed my etsy from my link in bio and i actually got a couple sales on my own website from it and then I also recently learned that there are some people who just prefer not to buy off Etsy just because they had a bad experience on Etsy. And so when Laura, you mentioned like things like, you know, they're just people prefer different ways of doing things just because I prefer going on Etsy or I prefer running things on Facebook. Cause I was thinking as we were talking about this, oh, maybe I can do my storytelling on Facebook group. Or like, what if people question me why I'm not doing it on my Facebook group and said, why am I doing it on my emails when I said I wasn't going to email people often? Because I do say I don't email people often unless if it's a big thing. And so I kind of shot myself in the foot with that if I want to make things change. But I mean, I guess I could also send out an email saying things are changing. But yeah, Laura, you're 100% right. For the people who don't use Facebook, which I know I have a really big fan on Etsy, she doesn't use any social media whatsoever and she only keeps up with me with things i post on etsy and i feel so bad because recently she just reached out again she's like hey i haven't talked to you in a while and blah blah blah. and she's one of the reasons why i created a planner too and so for those that are listening laura is 100 correct there are just because you prefer to communicate with the world via social media you have to remember there are a lot of people who are also against social media especially with social media cleanse being a thing right now and their only way of getting information is via email because it's not as what they like to think invasive because you can't just because you send out an email and they look at your email and you give them their email you can't look at other information about them and i think that's what people like about that yeah it's a safe pick that around yeah yeah so I love that. I love the way that you've uh, put that. You've sort of like summarized what we're trying to get across to everybody that use your email list. 
don't leave social media, but if it suddenly went tomorrow, where are your people? So yeah, stick with the email list, guys. Okay, so we've talked a lot about email marketing, the benefits of email marketing, ways you can add personality to it. Um, Are there any other comments, uh, Nikki or Laura, that you would like to share before we kind of wrap up today? I think focus on one lead magnet and make it amazing value. Focus on one email platform and start small and work up is what I would say. Make the automation really, really simple. Then start with one new, one uh, email every week. What would you say, Laura? Just be you. Just just hundred percent be you all the time. Um, Nikki knows this. I hate templates. They drive me insane, mm. and people ask me for them all the time. Can you write as an email template, Laura? Um, and I would much rather not because when you use your own language. People understand you more. So like me and Nikki are a duo. We do our email marketing by one week we get an email from me, one week we get an email from Nikki because although we're both from the UK, we both talk very differently and we both have different mm. passions and, you know, different mm. personalities. And it's important that they see both sides of that by us being us. So always just write as if you're talking to a friend and just be you. Cool. <laughs> and that makes it easier, I think, <laughs> um, to be yourself. As simple as it sounds, a lot of people forget (laughs) cool so thank you so much for being our guests (laughs) on our podcast um where can people find out more about you and how to get help with email marketing this is me because I always know this off my heart, of course. So yeah, <laughs> you can find, we are both actually mainly on LinkedIn. So if you search Nikki Williams or Laura Burnett, we'll both come up on LinkedIn. Um, we are both on Instagram, but we're not, we're still like getting the ropes of Instagram. Although most people listening to this probably are Instagram users because that's the most creative <laughs> platform, isn't it, out there? But if you do want to learn email marketing, we have just launched a new email marketing membership called Email Marketing Made Easy. Um, we went a bit insane on pricing and priced it at £7 a month. A huge explanation mm-hmm. behind it, which I won't go into. Um, and you can just go to thethrivebusinessacademy.com forward slash E-M-M-E. There we go. Bye. Um, and we'll include the link in our podcast descriptions as well so that people can more easily find it (laughs) um yeah so thank you everyone for listening i hope you're now converted like i think we've converted candace but we'll see if you receive an email from her or not (laughs) okay (laughs) um so thank you all for listening and we'll chat to you later bye